Today, I have Renell Golden, the director of Harvey, on. Uh, thank you for your time today. Thank you. I appreciate being on. So, you've written a lot of different things. You've written children books. You've written all kinds of different genres. What would you say was the most difficult genre for you to write? You know, it's funny, but I think the one that I have the hardest time with is comedy. And I have no idea why, because, you know, I can be funny. At least that's what I tell myself. Um, you know, other people might not agree. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I have a hard time with comedy. I'm really good with the dark stuff. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. I imagine comedy's got to be difficult as well, though, because everyone has a different sense of humor and a different level. Thank you. I could probably do dark comedy, but I don't know if people would appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but lighthearted, you know, family comedy, stuff like that, I've just never mastered it. Uh, I prefer, like, fantasy and action and... The last few years, we've been writing more like thrillers, and um, I, I guess they kind of lean to the horror side, but, you know, they're more like psychological thrillers, playing with the mind, so, and I, I actually haven't enjoyed that, so we've written, you know, a bunch of those, um, and I, I've been writing with my son, which is like one of my favorite things to do. That's we play awesome. Each other, and you know he's not afraid to tell me what I've done, and uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> uh, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, was it uh, doing the movie Harvey? Was it more special since you got to uh, have it filmed in the town that you live in? I don't know if it was more special, but I will tell you what was really nice is I didn't have to travel. I could actually go home, sleep in my own bed, and then get up and, and go to set at four in the morning. And it was, it was great because usually I'll be on the road for an hour or two each day unless I stay where I'm going. So that was super nice. Um, Carvey was kind of, you know, it was made during COVID. Because the films we were working on, we had lost our investors, and we're like, what can we do? And um, my son came up with the idea, you know, hey, let's go ahead and make a movie. And we kind of went it to a small town life. And um, Harvey was born. We literally wrote it in nine days, and then I got in touch with Johnny. I'm like, hey, Johnny, you want to come produce this thing with me? And uh, we wrote you a role and all that good stuff. And, and uh, Harvey came to life. It, it, was, it was so good that we did it. We, we did it as a union film and we did it safely, um, which was amazing. But, it, you know, it's obviously very different than any other filming experience I've ever had because we had zones for people. You had all the COVID testing. You had check-ins with the nurse every day. Uh, you know, there's a lot more protocol and procedure than you're used to in Indian filmmaking. Um, but we were happy to do it because it meant we could work. And, you know, thankfully, everybody ended up um, safe and healthy and got through it. We didn't have one sickness. We did have some times where the COVID tests don't come back fast enough. 
and then you can't have the cast and crew on set. And um, even one time my cast back and I if that makes sense from the rules so I couldn't come to set. It was like, Thank God Johnny and I were co directing <laughs> so he could be there and uh, you know, kinda of take the reins while I've been waiting on my cast to come back. It was crazy. <laughs> um I'm just curious, like, I know uh, John Hughes wrote The Breakfast Club in 24 hours, and you wrote this in nine days. How are you able to, like, write a story so quickly? You know, um, it's something where you write, it kind of lends itself to writing what you know. So what we had is we knew the town that was filming it, because it's our town, and we based it around our town. And then I had lived when I was younger in a town of like 1,500 people, and all we had was a bowling alley. And so we had that to lend itself. And then we had, thanks to COVID, we had that sense of, you know, being trapped and wanting to get the hell out of where you're at. Sorry, the cuss. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so we were able to uh, kind of just bring all of those elements together. And once we made that decision, we made an outline. And we're like, you know, where do we want to see this going? And from that outline, uh, we're able to knock it out really quick. And having two of us on one script, you know, we go back and forth, back and forth. And I'm one of those crazy people. But when I'm writing, I literally become every character. I can't be me again until the story's done. Okay. So I, I don't know if other writers do that. I imagine they do, and that's how they're able to write so quickly. It's not unusual for me to knock something out in a week or two. Uh, usually I need three if it's a feature film. If it's a short, I need like a day. Because <laughs> <laughs> I write for other people, but it just depends on what you want. Um, yeah, if I'm into it, I'll write it really fast. If I don't, I'll see you in six months. <laughs> <laughs> So is that why the uh, story takes place in the bowling alley? Because that's all you had in your small town? Um, well, one of the main reasons was COVID. So originally we were going to do 100% of the story in the bowling alley and make it totally self-contained, which meant we didn't have to go out there and be exposed to all of those other locations and risks. But we found as we were writing it, we needed to have Harvey have a home and, you know, a couple other things where we went outside of the bowling alley. But most of it is in the bowling alley, and it is. We chose to do that because of the virus and um, getting union approval and all of those things. So it wasn't a creative choice as much as it was we want to make a film and what did we do that would make making a film possible. And that was doing something self-contained. 
What were some things you would have liked to have done if the uh, COVID wasn't in the way? Uh, I would like to have done a lot more of Harvey going through the town and interacting with people that suspect him of this murder. Uh, and that was just something we couldn't do. And uh, for obvious reasons, because every single person that we brought would, would bring in you have to spend that money to have those COVID tests and do all of those things. So we had to make the decision, how do we do this? But that's something I would have loved to have done a little more of that, like him hitting all these spots in this little town where they got them. They're like, you killed somebody. And so it makes him even question himself more. Um, I probably shouldn't tell people, but that is something I would like to have done. <laughs> I thought you did a really good job keeping the viewers engaged with it primarily taking place in just a bowling alley. Was it more difficult making a movie in one, primarily in one place? Um, it wasn't more difficult. Um, it, it really Was um, this film inspired a lot by like eighties movies? Um, we wanted to have we, when we were reaching out, we re reached out to some distributors ahead of time, and we were like, "What's hot right now?" And everyone was saying that that the Stranger Things vibe and the color and the tone was kind of the way to go. And then we were like, "Oh, okay," um, and this. Bowling alley sort of had that feel. So we decided we'd kind of have an 80s feel, but not be in the 80s. And then, of course, in post production, Johnny brought in all of this really cool music um, from bands that he's known all around or worked with or, uh, 
so we ended up with a, a slew of music that actually kind of has that 80s vibe, Frosty's older band. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it came to life as we went. It wasn't the original intention other than look and feel. We wanted that, that kind of thing, but we didn't like write it for the 80s. Okay. Um, were any of the songs like inspired from video games? Because some, like one of the opening song in the movie, remind me a lot of uh, Saints Row Three. Oh, you know, I don't know. I'd have to ask the um, the people that uh, wrote the songs. That's that's entirely possible. Um, and, and some of the bands, I know Johnny kind of picked all the music. I believe there's one or two of them, like, from Germany and overseas, and they have their music everywhere. Um, so it's entirely possible, but I honestly, I do not know that. That'll be a good question for Johnny, but you talk to him. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> what scene was the hardest to film? In the movie. The hardest to film probably was just the kill scene where um, we killed a guy. And it, 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 there was multiple reasons. One was, you know, uh, blocking it location-wise. And the other was, you know, we're filming in the middle of the night in the bowling alley, but we needed to be out of there before the sun came up. And the sun started coming up while we were still filming that. So that scene proved to be uh, a little bit challenging, but it, it, it um, you know, we ran with it. We found ways to, to work with it. He was very clever in uh, dealing with those light changes. And so uh, hopefully nobody noticed how hard it really was. <laughs> and uh, it worked out okay. Um, I was kind of curious, the character Harvey, was he written off of anybody you know, or, like, how did you think up of... Um, so, Harvey kind of looked at an embodiment of everybody that deals with being unhappy with their... <laughs> sorry, I'm losing my voice. Being unhappy with their life, and just wishing they were someplace else doing something. So, I think he kind of reflects anyone I've ever met in my lifetime that they're like, oh, geez, I hate this job or, you know, I really want to go do this with my life, but I can't because in his case, his mom, and sometimes it's your kids, sometimes it's your spouse, sometimes you just don't have the money. Like, I have to interrupt this episode to tell you something I've been dying to share with you. Have you heard of the company Habits365? You haven't? <laughs> do you live in the cave? <laughs> I support Habits365 because you get great quality clothes, and by you giving money to them, you're helping spread positivity every day of every year. What's better than that? I'll tell you what's better than that. If you buy something from them, and you, by clicking on the link below, going to their website, use promo code FAITHFULFILMFANATIC in all caps, and I'll save you some money too. So really, it's a win-win. What are you waiting for? Let's get back to the episode. There's these reasons we all get stuck and we don't take beats to go and do what we want in life. And so Harvey 
Libby's like an embodiment of that. Um, so, I mean, I relate to him. I, I think probably my kids relate to him. I think, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, he's, he's kind of a character for everybody, but he acts out on the I hate everybody equally kind of feeling. Because, you know, I have those days where I'm just like people. I don't want to be around people. I just want my cat or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, Harvey is outwardly projected, Most people know how he's people. So. <laughs> so, what other uh, future projects are you and your son wanting to uh, work on together? So, um, we still have impasse that we're hoping to find investors for, and then we have written um, a few more things. Uh, since we started our company. One is called Rock Slide, and it's kind of inspired by a star form, but it's about an aging rock star that steals his young daughter's song who's coming up in the industry. She's a teenager, and they're estranged. He hears her song, he steals her song, and the movie's about, it's kind of, it's sort of a family film, but it's edgy with sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But the movie's about this man's uh, journey, you know, just this go through with it to be the famous rock star or to become a which And that maybe um, that screenplay has won a ton of awards and I'm truly hoping to make that one. Um, and then we have another one that we wrote called The Demon Daughter, which is another we wrote because of COVID and it's self contained. Uh, it's like a farmhouse and it's inspired by insidious, but it involves meditation and some things you haven't before in film, um, and so like after travel and meditation, and it leads you to this other realm kind of thing, but that's a pure horror, which I don't normally do, but I, I like that script a lot, but um, those are the two that I'm hoping to do, and then he and I have just been, um, we were hired to write uh, somebody's life story last year, and so that's done, and we're, we're working on that too, and that's, that's a true story about a... Um, a guy who uh, starts out as a, um, I'm trying to find a nice way to say this, but in his young life, he starts out as a, uh, like, a Chippendale dancer type character, and he ends up chief police, and it's a very motivational story all the way through, uh, with the Forrest Gump type feel to it, um, and that's just a lovely story, so, you know, obviously everything goes fast and funding, but we'd love to see that one made as well. And uh, I would be a part of that if I needed to direct it. Um, it just all depends. Uh, everything is based on investors in this industry, and uh, <laughs> that is um, that's the hard part for me. One day at a time. I'm looking. <laughs> um. So you mentioned that um, there were investors that stopped investing in the uh, movie Harvey, and so that kind of hurt the uh, impasse. Impasse. They walked once we went on lockdown. So um, they uh, basically we we did a proof of concept in February 2020, and we went on lockdown in March 2020, and they were like, "No, it's too risky." So um, you know, not knowing what the future holds, we had lost them. But that is what actually led us to make our. Because we're like, well, with what we have left, what can we do? 
And uh, so we came up with Harvey. Yeah. Impact is a much bigger movie, uh, more effects and way more actors. And uh, it's just a bigger story all around. Uh, so Harvey, we can contain it, not just in location, but in budget. And uh, it, that helps. It really helps, and we're really proud of it. And I have made another film, too, during COVID, which is coming out in February. That's uh, Legacy of Love, and it's, uh, I made it for um, a friend of mine, and it's a sweet film about, um, it's a family film, almost faith-based, about uh, a girl who loses her mother tragically, and she's angry with God and angry at life, and she finds her way back and, and into healing by figuring out how to help other people that are going through someone they love. And it's a sweet story. So that was coming out next month. That sounds like a very sweet story. I have to check that out. What is it called? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Legacy of Love. And it is a really sweet story. It's about um, filming a film because uh, we made that about two, three months before Harvey. And I brought Johnny in on that one, too. I was like, hey, could you be the dad? So Johnny's actually playing a dad in this uh, <laughs> film. But um, it's, it's, it's a nice film. It's a nice message. For sure. That's good. Um, yeah. You said that you've written stories for other people. Uh, what um, stories have you written for other people? Well, other people come to me and they hire me to write their concepts. And so the one that I was telling you about earlier, that uh, the gentleman that was became uh, chief of police, uh, that's an example um and that is a life story. And then we've had others, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say the names or not, um, but we've had others, some that are very fantasy-oriented, uh, like Dream Realm, parallel universe, multiverse type thing, to, um, oh gosh, I've adapted it to several books. Uh, people like their books adapted. <laughs> I don't know what else. Uh, just... There's just so many, and it's a good way for me to uh, to make an income on the side. So I'm always writing for people. If you know anybody, <laughs> <laughs> um, is it hard trying to write adaptation of a book? Is that more challenging because the world's already created? You know, I um, I breeze through those depending on if what type it is. And there's styles writing. Are they writing in first person or third person? Um, I actually love doing it. Uh, it doesn't take me very long. A lot of them I can do in a, in a week or two. Um, if, you know, again, depending on how the book was written. Uh, I, I enjoy it. Um, it's just, it's just taking and being true to what they wrote. I usually do not embellish or change it. Um, at all, unless they want me to, because I think that if you've taken the time to write something, it should be honored and respected, and so I'm not going to go and change your world up, um, unless you said, hey, if you do this for me, uh, I don't like this or that, I won't, I'll just, I actually just take what you've written and create the screenplay out of it, so, I, I find it easy, I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Would be kind of difficult though, like writing um, Game of Thrones or something like that. That 
Oh gosh, I don't understand yeah. how he's able to keep up with all these characters. Like, I can't even keep up with them. <laughs> a lot of uh, unique uh, camera angles in the movie, especially during the uh, opening credits with uh, when you were, are being introduced to Harvey with him driving yeah. to the bowling alley. Uh, what yeah. uh, made you decide to do that? Like that so specific way? Something that um, we had our, our DP Shannon over here and then he had um, uh, another camera guy under him, Drew Duncan, and he did all of like the, the drone footage and, you know, GoPros on cars and uh, different things like that. And I think together they're like, what can we, we do with, you know, the camera resources that we have? And um, I know Shannon did a lot of sliders and he, um, he had a lot of things that he's very good at doing, camera-wise, and he did them. And then uh, Drew is really good with, like, the drones and the different above-the-thing shots. And Drew I've worked with uh, many times, and that guy would stand on a bus to get the shot while it's moving. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so um, we, ha we were very lucky, and, and, you know, he had a great camera, I think. He was using one of the Black Magic, and um, we had a couple of them, so we were able to run, you know, multi-cameras at the same time. I think we had three, and uh, yeah, it just it turned out I love that opening. It's very pretty uh, to actually even look at. I, I'm like, oh, that's so pretty. So, and I, I, I was not out there when they did those drone shots. I was not with them, so um, I was really happy when I saw them. Yeah. Um, then also, there uh, when Harvey vomits from drinking too much, how are you able to get a camera angle from the trash can? So that was through again. He clips the GoPro with his garbage can. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was a little gross, but it, it made a point. So yeah. <laughs> So, uh, did Darius, like, what did he, how did he do to make himself vomit? Like, was that? No, uh, he had some, uh, I believe Drew concocted some kind of mixture that he like, put it in his mouth. And, yeah. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it was pretty gnarly. It was gross. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it tasted it, as awful yeah, as it looked. Yeah, I'm like, sure. <laughs> I was wondering if it um, 
tastes as awful as it looks. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, he, he just has to become the character. So he goes into character and he just stays that way. And um, he will do just about anything for his character. But I actually, when, I, when we were writing this role, I had him in mind because I had, I had cast him on um, three other things. So this was the fourth time I'd worked with him, but I wanted him to be the lead. Because in the other times he was doing like supporting and um, I, I had one where I had him like a gang member <laughs> the first time I worked with him and I, I was blown away by him because he could, he actually like practiced this way of talking and like made the side of his foot curl and uh, spoke just like crazy and the rest of the time he's, he's such a polite young man that, you know, it's off-putting. So polite and so nice in person, and then you see him be like this gang member that sells drugs. Um, it, it rattled me. I'm like, oh my gosh, wow! But he really takes his job seriously. And right now he's getting ready. He's playing Romeo and Juliet at this huge theater, my performance, the Strad Theater in Geneva. And um, the kid—he's just got the acting chops. I'm sure he can go as far as he wants to. Uh, he's amazing. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what scene was the most fun to record and direct? Oh, um, most fun. Oh, God. I never thought of that. That's a really good question. Um, I like the ones at the counter for fun with the shoes and when he gets in trouble and uh, anything that Erin O'Brien was in, she just brings this, she's so ornery and I, I named her character Karen for a lot of reasons <laughs> and um, you can imagine, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, she just, I, I don't know, anything with her just had like this energy and you, you weren't quite sure what she was going to do next. So she, uh, her and Darius and the, the at the counter and she'd walk away and shoot him a bird and things like that. Like she, she added that to her character. So that was pretty cool. Um, and uh, I loved uh, whenever Darius and Allison were together up there dealing with the people coming in and out. And the two of them talking. All of that was just a lot of fun to film. And, um, you know, see the, the screenplay cut to life. Um, and then, of course, being in a small town, there was a certain monotony I wanted at the beginning, um, which we caught pretty well. But, you know, it's never quite what you write. It's never quite what comes on screen. There's always three versions. They say there's, like, what you wrote, what you film, and what you get in post. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it, it kind of evolved. But it, I really, I liked everything that I was there for, for. And there were a couple days that I wasn't there because I let Johnny do it because I was dealing with the COVID stuff. And, you know, being a managing producer, I had some buyers to put out because of that. Um, so some things were actually a surprise to me, and I was super happy. Um, it's it's a, a good movie for our first one out of Macro Vision film. 
uh, I'm, I'm happy with it. And each one, you know, you learn, you learn, you grow, and each one will get better. So I can't wait to do the next one, so I just don't know what it is yet. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Were there any uh, times throughout the uh, directing that you kind of just had to, like, improvise? Like, you weren't really sure how you wanted to do it. You just kind of had to improvise a little bit. So, um, it was a little bit different for me because usually I go in and, like, I have, I've done the shot with, with the DP and I've done all my blocking charts and this and that. Um, but we just, you would do a lot of, like, uh, pre-production meetings with cast and crew and, you know, you'd have everything all planned out. In this case, because of the budget and we had people coming in from everywhere, we didn't get a lot of the prep time. So there were times where it was like, well, we had planned to film in this room, but you know what? We really want to mix it up so we don't have that monotony of just being at the front desk. So let's go over to the pinball machine. And it would be like a, a split-second decision. You make this decision, but then that means if everybody agrees to it, you go over there and get film there, but then you have to decide on the fly, what's the blocking, what's the angle, how are we going to get this? So, yes, there were a few times like that. Not too many, but a few. Um, and then there was one thing we dealt with, which turned out to work okay. The location we were going to film at for Harvey's home, um, the second take blew up and we were able to go there. So, on the fly, we had to find a different location. Um, and so that was probably our biggest challenge through the entire uh, filming process. So, you know, Johnny takes over, I go back, and I find the next location kind of thing. Um, but it, it all worked out. We divided the concert, and we have a, a film out in the market right now. So um, that's just sort of exciting. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any rewrites you had to do through production and directing? Um, during production, um, we did have one uh, rewrite because, well, I don't know if say or not, but the, um, we had one character that was supposed to be the Randy character's girlfriend, and she did not want to get a COVID test. And but because we were union, obviously, there's no... Uh, compromising on that. I had to follow the rules. And so I didn't have time to recast her because she literally just, she's like, I got the test, I'll be there in an hour, and it didn't show up. Sort of situation. And so what we did is we did a rewrite and I just sort of killed the girlfriend and we added the line. I talked to everybody and then we came up with adding the line that where's your girlfriend? Where's your girlfriend? So we made a joke out of it. Um, instead of having her there, originally it was going to be like the, the town uh, girl that hangs with every guy. I don't I want to put that nicely, but you know what I'm alluding to, right? But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Evie got the girl. <laughs> that was going to be his girlfriend. And um, she was younger than him and this and that, right? And um, so it ended up working out okay. And, uh, and, you know, maybe we took the joke too far, maybe we didn't, but instead we're like, where's your girlfriend? Where's your girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> so, that was my solution. It worked, but that was done on the fly on set. And that was probably the only really big, big thing. 
the uh, film was really good and I thought you did a good job directing it and writing it. Thank you. It's Team Harvey. We all worked really hard. <laughs> Is there um, anything I uh, didn't ask you that you'd like to um, share about the uh, movie? Um, it's out now. It, it released on January 7th, and you can watch it on, um, oh gosh, iTunes, Apple TV, um, the Xbox thing. You can watch it on DirecTV, Dish TV, Comcast, um, Xfinity, Atlantic Broadband, uh, Vimeo, Vimeo, like there's a long list. Uh, so just Thank you.